SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identified women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest podcast guest series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. This series of podcast shows is titled The Lioness's Roar. This month, we explore and dive deep in the world of women, breath, protection, and power. For many years now, I've been working with sacred symbols, totems, and visual imagery to access a deeper realm of knowledge when it comes to living a magic life. I'm excited to introduce to you this month the symbol of the lioness, a stunning totem of protection, fierce self-love, the huntress, a symbol of confidence and conviction. I'm excited for you to connect the dots to the lioness with your inner life, your desires, and your dreams. I want to share tools with you of self-preservation, toolkits for protection, grounding, breathing exercises, and more. This month, you're in for a treat as I bring in teachers, coaches, and authors of all kinds of backgrounds to speak to us of the necessity of recognizing our breath as our roar, as our power, and unearthing the world of symbology, and while sharing their most powerful and radical grounding tools to recalibrate your energies. My hope is this, that through our SheQuest guest this month, you start seeing that the world of symbol is rich with insights and messages. Also, to generate together a bank of tools where when you need protection, boundaries, or simply clear the funk quickly, you have them so you can rise proudly in your lioness energy. Oh, today, I'm just so excited to have one of our own SheQuest member, Davita. Davita Felic was introduced to meditation as a young child, but brushed it off as boring. Little did she know that the practice of sitting with her feelings would not only save her life, but completely change it. After over a decade of mental health struggle, Davita found herself drowning in the dark waters of postpartum depression. One January night, while sitting on her kitchen floor, she chose to meditate. That one small decision changed the course of her life in unimaginable ways. Davita believes that within each of us is a voice so loving, supportive, and all-knowing, but most of us have too much mental chatter to hear it. Since dedicating herself to her meditation practice, Davita has published her first book of poetry, Purification, written her upcoming second collection, Wise Woman, and been interviewed on topics including meditation, motherhood, and writing. Hi! Hi! I'm so honored and just so excited to be here with you today, Estelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. You feel like such a soul sister to me. So thank you so much. As you know, we always start the podcast with with asking um, what makes you feel alive today. Well, tomorrow I have a public speaking event here in Moncton. It's my first event since moving to Moncton. And I feel like it's it's my coming out. It's like this is me, the real me. Ah, so um, good. I am just so excited. I feel so alive and I, I can't wait to take part in that tomorrow. 
uh, I, I'm feeling it's like transpiring and like <laughs> as you speak right now. Um, I'd love to know, just tell us your story, like tell us your she story, where you come from, your like cultural upbringing and um, like tell us about like how you got to kind of explore and you know, this, this roar within. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned in the introduction, I was introduced to meditation as a child. I'm a first generation Canadian. My dad's side of the family are of Indian heritage from India and they came over to Canada on a boat through Pier 21 in the early 60s. Now, my mom's side of the family, my mom was born in Newfoundland, so it made for a very interesting childhood. But my dad would take me to a Hindu temple. We lived in Toronto when I was a young girl, and every Sunday he'd take us to this Hindu temple, and they had a Sunday school for the children. So I would go upstairs with the kids, and we'd congregate. And at the time, I had very little appreciation for it, but I was learning about Hindu mythology, the goddesses, different deities. I was learning Sanskrit. We were practicing yoga. And yes, I was introduced to meditation. And I'd love to say that, you know, I took to it really well. It changed my life and I became like a little Buddha, but that's not what happened at all. I thought it was so boring. I hated meditation. I didn't understand why anyone would want to do it. But that was when the seed was planted for me. And it was about 20 years later, 20 plus years later, when I found myself just completely drained and heavy and drowning in postpartum depression that that seed that had been planted 20 years prior finally started to sprout. (laughs) Hmm. I feel it's funny. I feel like when we're a kid and we're exposed to something like it, the thing is so not cool because your parents are doing it or something. And then, and then it comes back to haunt you almost like, oh, like that's why. And it was so not cool. I mean, now there's so much interest in yoga and meditation and people are hungry for these different cultures. But this was the late 90s in a like very suburban town, very Caucasian town out, outside of, of Toronto. We, we weren't in a cosmopolitan downtown area, so it definitely wasn't cool. But if we fast forward now 20 plus years, I'm in my late 20s, in a very short span of time, I experienced so many life transitions. And looking back, uh, I had struggled with mental health throughout my late teens and early 20s, but I was constantly searching for my happiness outside of myself. So in two short years, I got married and had two babies. And as much as I'm grateful for that and I wouldn't change a thing, that was my way of searching for happiness, thinking once I'm a wife and once I'm a mother, I will have arrived. And it simply didn't happen. And that not happening is, I think, what really led me down the path of postpartum depression. So I've shared this story with you before, and I'd love to share it with the listeners. But there was one night, one afternoon, actually, in January of 2019, and I just had to get out of the house. I Something was not right with me. I knew something was wrong. And I decided to drive out to Lawrencetown Beach. That's where my husband and I eloped. I went out to the ocean all the time. I love it there. It feels like a safe place to me. So I'm driving out to the beach, but I'm sobbing. I'm crying. I can barely see the road. And I'm praying for a car to hit me. I really want a car to hit me. And 
looking back, it had nothing to do with wanting to die. It's just I couldn't live the way that I was living. I couldn't live waiting for something outside of me to make me happy. And at the time, that's all I knew. I, I didn't know that I was capable of cultivating that within. So I'm driving out to the beach, praying for a car to hit me. And thankfully, it didn't happen. But I, I get out to the beach and it's the middle of winter. It's freezing and it's so windy. And I get out of my car and I'm just letting the wind hit my face. And it feels like knives, like it's painful. But I'm just feeling something for the first time. And allowing myself to just feel that pain of the wind was so freeing. And it felt like a little bit of, of a release, enough that I could get back in my car and go home. And I go home and we do the bedtime routine and my husband's asleep, the kids are asleep. And I'm sitting on my kitchen floor sobbing as I had been doing for nights at a time. And that seed that had been planted 20 years prior started to sprout. And there was just something within me. It was very visceral. It wasn't cognitive. It was just this feeling inside of me of, you need to meditate. You need to just sit with your feelings. And I couldn't tell you how much time passed, but I just sat on the kitchen floor and I let wave after wave of emotion come through me and I gave myself permission to feel it. And that was the turning point for me. That's when everything started to change. This story. <laughs> You're such... The beautiful storyteller. I, I, uh, it touches me so much that you're just telling it to us because I feel like we, we have these moments, like that moment, like you paint it so clear, like it's so clear. There was like you were brought to your knees, you know? Yeah. How, like, how has it evolved? Because I know. Like after that, did you, were you meditating every day? Like were you, what happened after that? Yeah. So I did practice every day and I want the listeners to understand that I didn't have a defined practice. I, I didn't really know what I was doing other than I was sitting with myself and allowing myself to feel things that I hadn't felt for probably 20 plus years. I love you say you didn't know what you were doing. No. Like that, like seriously, even I, after all these years of like doing yoga and meditating, sometimes like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, and it's because it's not about doing; it's about being. So it's just completely backwards from how most of us were raised. I was literally yeah. being instead of doing something for the first time, and by allowing myself to feel all of those emotions. I made the space to connect with my authentic self. All of those emotions that I had been repressing were just blocking me from connecting with my true self. And over time, by releasing that or peeling back the layers, whatever metaphor resonates, I connected with that part of me that had always been there. And I started writing. This was never something that I had done in the past or identified with. But after each meditation practice, I would take out my phone and I would just start typing. And it it felt channeled, but at the time, if you told me that, I would have said you were crazy. So <laughs> I just I just started writing, and then I started sharing online, and then I self-published, and then I started going to different meditation groups and connecting with a community, and doors started opening for me, and it all felt easy because it was authentic. It was scary, but it also felt easy. I love that. Like, you're... It's like a complete shift happened for you. Yeah. And <laughs> because it felt so natural, 
day by day. It wasn't until, you know, I looked back three months later, six months later, and now over one year later that I'm really like, holy shit, like, look what I did. But Mm -hmm. in the moment, I couldn't really see because I was just focused on, I just need to get through this next hour and this next day and, and this next week. Hey there, interrupting this incredibly heart-opening conversation to let you know about my new art channel. If you are listening to this podcast as a SheQuest member, this feature is included in the Membership Sisterhood community. Yay! More than eight 21 days of mindful art classes and curated topics for each class, such as 21 Days of Birds and Butterfly, 21 Days of Women in Power, 21 Days of Love and Loss, Earth and Sky, and so on. This year, I'm running a year-long 112 Days of Painting Meditation, where I will upload nine paintings a month inspired by the Radiant Sutras, together inspired by mindful artists from all over the world, we paint thousand-year-old yogic principles and enter a gateway of wonder and awe. If you aren't part of the membership and would like to try the art channel and meet its community, this option is now available. Use a coupon SHEART, that's S-H-E-A-R-T, to get one month free and tell the women you know and love about this outstanding opportunity to develop a home art practice. SheQuest membership stores will open again soon, but until then, enjoy my art channel and say yes to creative living, yes to painting for joy, and yes to connection. Now back to our ever-expanding and electrifying conversation. So would you say like it's in this moment that you started like awakening to your self-expression? And by the way, I wrote something when you were telling your story, the pain of the win. Did you know you said that? Yeah. I love that because I see the win as prana, like as your breath. And I love that like when you got out of your car and you started awakening to the pain of your breath, really the pain of. You're the, I just find that so beautiful that you you said that. Um, so, anyways, to go back to you being on the kitchen floor, is it? Do you think it's then that you woke up? To, had you been like writing before, or no? Like, just, oh, ah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, to give you a snapshot of my life leading up till that point, I was very focused on the exterior. I was very focused on my corporate job, very focused on maintaining appearances, which is why I wanted to get married. And I I wanted to have children because I longed to be a mother, but there was also an egoic motivation to that of once I have that and I show people that I have this, that I have this family, then I'll feel accepted. And that moment on my kitchen floor was me finally surrendering and saying, well, I'm just going to accept myself as I am right now, because if I don't do that, then there's no moving forward. So that was really, yeah, the beginning of my awakening. And it wasn't, it wasn't all, you know, light and love. Once we make that choice to connect with ourselves and feel that stuff, things got a lot worse before they got better, because I had to feel through things that I'd been repressing for like decades. Do you find like a lot of times that's that's what scares people almost in, in doing yeah. that way? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I'm now um 
offering my meditation coaching services. And that's something that I see with my clients all the time is we dip our toe in the practice and it starts to feel good because there's a little bit of a release, but then we hit those tender points, those wounds that we've been turning away from and things start to feel really sticky and messy. And it's at that point that some people will just back off and think that meditation and mindfulness and connecting with themselves is just not for them. But the people who are brave enough to go through that and dive deep, those are the people that have life-changing transformations. I know I always say people hate it when I say it, but like, uh, that's when the real work begins, you know, when you're like, and you're just so like un- uncomfortable, like really dealing with this, like all the shadow material that really like it's been there all along, but you're finally willing to just get a little glimpse at it, you know? Yeah. And from a creative standpoint, that's where our best work comes from. That's, that's like, correct. My yeah. best shit comes from my darkest shit. Like, yeah. yeah. I love that. My best shit. I'm writing things down. <laughs> Say that again. It's too good. My, my best, best shit comes from my darkest shit. Like really feeling into that dark stuff that I I couldn't even look at myself, let alone talk to like my therapist about. But by diving into that and looking into that, like that's where my best creations come from. And those are the things that people respond to the most because underneath all of our stories is that common thread of connection and feeling. So my story looks totally different, but I draw people that connect to that feeling because we've all had that feeling before of, I cannot go on. Like, this is it. Yeah, I often, what I hear often is like, I feel dead from the inside, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, and by the way, I know the title of our podcast now. my best shit comes from my darkest shit yes (laughs) oh I love it I love it so um how how like you if if you had somebody come up to you and be like okay like it's doing wonders to you like your rituals and for and for you more specifically I'm, I'm gathering it's your meditation practice and your writing like how would you I know, and I, I know you do that, like you help people do that, but how can one do this like authentically, you think? Yeah, so I think in, in order to develop a meditation practice that's truly authentic, we need to let go of whatever we think meditation is supposed to look like. And we're just flooded with imagery of people sitting in lotus position and they have very specific mudras or they're using specific mantras. And my first piece of advice to anybody, whether you've been meditating for 15 years or you've never done it before, just let go of all of those preconceived notions because we already know what to do. Children are born knowing how to meditate. It's we, the grownups, that could squash it out of them and tell them that it's a waste of time or teach them that presence isn't productive, therefore it's not useful. So if you let go of all of those preconceived notions and just a lot, even 30 seconds of time to just sit with yourself and take notice of what comes up. What stories does your mind start telling you? What physical sensations do you start noticing in your body? What happens to your breath? And just take notice before trying to then control your breath or relax your body or change the thoughts. Most of us 
for at least for me for a really long time, I didn't even have the awareness to tell you what stories were running in my mind or what physical sensations because I was just ignoring them. It's gold. What you're saying is so gold. Why do you think it's important to make time to meditate? Because that's where we connect with our true essence. And everything that we do is an expression of that essence. But if we are not regularly connecting with it, then our expressions, our actions, our words, everything that comes from that is going to be tainted and not tainted in a bad sense. We need the influence of society and our loved ones. But that connection with your true essence must be a priority. It has to come first, especially for mothers. And has your relationship with motherhood has changed since you've implemented, I guess, these little bubbles of time to meditate and to write? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) My relationship with motherhood has drastically changed. And when I was pregnant with my first, I saw motherhood as a duty. And I saw motherhood in a very rigid mindset. And I had a very specific list of standards for myself. And now I realize that motherhood, just like every other relationship, is a living thing. It's ever-evolving. It's ever-changing. And the more that I'm present with myself, the more I'm able to be present with my children. And I now appreciate things about them that if I hadn't deepened my practice, I might not even notice because I just wouldn't have had the presence to bring to my interactions with them. And I now see my children as teachers, which is not something I ever would have understood a year ago or two years ago. I see my, my, my sons as teachers. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, uh, who's teaching who here? <laughs> because they, they trigger us. They trigger us in all the right places. They're helping us find those spots that we need to sink into, but we just need to be present to recognize it. That's right. That's right. Oh, so good. Thank you. Um, what's your like best tips for somebody who wanted to start like building that relationship, like really nurturing that relationship with their, their, you know, because we're in the lioness of roar, kind of like, mm-hmm. and their roar being like, they're true, they're, they're not just the way they speak, but they're, they're being, how would you go about it? How do you go about it? So I've learned to release any expectations of how I am supposed to feel and how I am supposed to express myself. Mm-hmm. So to, to put this in context, when I first really started meditating daily, I was doing it to just bring myself to a level where I could function. So it was mostly about relaxing the nervous system. And that's kind of the first step. That's what most people do. They have some mindfulness exercise to relax their nervous system. But when we go deeper than that and we release any expectation on what we're supposed to be feeling, sometimes stuff will come up that's really scary and unexpected. For me, I experienced a lot of rage and I didn't realize that I had all this rage. I never would have identified as an angry person. But by releasing the expectation and allowing that rage to come up, I learned to sort of like dance with it and enjoy it and see the angry, rageful facets of myself as just as beautiful as the relaxed and the nurturing and the mother facets of myself. So my advice would be to just release the expectation of what your meditation practice looks like, but more importantly, release the expectation of what you're supposed to be feeling during it and allow yourself to go with the flow of your feminine energy, which is ever evolving and ever changing. One minute we're angry, one minute we're loving, one one minute we want to have sex, one minute we just want to sleep. Like we need to just allow ourselves to move with that. 
I agree so much. There's two things that came up when you were speaking is first, like, I still feel sometimes like I'm an imposter when I meditate. Like, <laughs> I'll be sitting there and this is the weirdest thing. And I'm like, like, who am I? Like, <laughs> and it's wild, you know, even like after all these years, again, to go back to like, what, what? I don't know what I'm doing. Like this like beginner's mind. Do you feel that that way sometimes? Yeah. And I think when we experience that, that, wait, what am I? What am I doing? Like, is is this even me? It's because we're just peeling off another layer oh, and we're just, yeah. get, so we're questioning that. We're questioning our reality essentially, because it's time for another layer to go. And we're going to encounter something new that we haven't encountered before, at least not on a conscious level. So good. What do you do? And talk to us about your poetry. Like, this is like, going out of you like I love following you on Instagram like you're just like your little snippets are, are just so like what's like what's going on with that tell Thank us you. yeah so I I believe that when the words started coming to me after my meditation practice, that was like my higher self's way of helping me interpret what was happening because I would sit in my meditation practice and I would feel a lot of stuff, but it, it was so visceral that my conscious mind wasn't really able to make sense of what was happening. So when I would come out of that meditative state and back into a brain state of more conscious awareness and I would write, I was writing the words that I needed to read. That was my higher self giving me the medicine that I needed in that moment. And when I made the decision to share those words with other people and I saw that it was also medicine that other people needed, it really just confirmed for me that what I was experiencing was real because at the time I thought I was going crazy. Like I, th I thought I was going insane. I remember telling my therapist that I think I needed some type of medication and she thankfully just told me, no, you don't. Like you're just expressing yourself. You're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting other people. This is all okay. I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian skincare company, and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie Groovy Glow, Pore Hustler, and Jomo Mask, and I've completely fell in love with this not only natural, clean, but sulfate-free, alcohol-free, and did I say Canadian product? Hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical, effective solutions to your moody skin. Their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right, not a privilege. Hippie's offering SheQuest podcast listeners 30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies, that's H I pbees.com and claim your 30% off any product in their shop today. That's SheQuest30, S-H-E-Q-U-E-S-T-30. I'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the SheQuest family. Enjoy glowing skin. Bye. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like I know I write like to it helps make sense of what I'm going through. And, but also like before the words come and also because I think, I think painting is so much easier for me than writing only because like, you don't have to use words. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> words seem so like, okay, like really daunting. Right. Like, and almost like art is so subjective in a way, but it, it's as 
release and all this to like do you feel a release when you write oh absolutely i know (laughs) such a huge release and it's funny because you say you find words daunting whereas and i've shared this before in our she quest community i find the painting so daunting and it's it's because i realized i was approaching painting from a very different way that i was approaching writing when when i write a piece of poetry i have no idea what it's going to look like at the end i just go whereas with painting i was approaching it from this like very type a almost masculine mindset of well it's going to look like this at the end and how am i going to get there so i've really had to learn to surrender and allow my painting to flow through me the same way that I allow my words to flow through me. And that's been very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And I think um, just knowing this from, uh, you know, your summarize, what's been so cathartic for you has been the painting in a way, because it's a medium you don't often use, you know? Oh, yeah. It's been so cathartic. So yeah. And all of you that comes that come to SheQuest to me and are already writers or are already, you know, doing another medium. And I'm like, oh, when you get painting, your writing is going to blow up. Yes. <laughs> I get so excited for you guys to try something else because it's like just the wiring in your brain must just go nuts, you know? <laughs> the first exercise, the first painting exercise I did, which all it was was like writing my intention. By doing that and working through the first module, which I think was, uh, it was all about the the bitch, like reclaiming. Yeah. That opened up this whole new avenue for me of writing that I had never even considered. And I would say close to 75% of my second collection, Wise Woman, was based on that. And that was something I never would have felt into if it weren't for SheQuest. Ah, shivers. <laughs> I remember when I saw that post and I was like, holy shit. Like you, your eyes, like something was like <laughs> really like scary almost, but like scary and soft. Like at the same time, I don't know how, but like you were on a mission and you had like open and I all like, I, I just get so excited and thrilled when I see that because I see Sheikrass as like, you're opening this this gate to like wonder and awe and like, yeah, and rage and like, you know, all these family because like rage and anger, like that's really, that's grief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like soul, I always say this like soul work is grief work. And in a way when we do this deep work, we're like, we're healing ourselves. We're, you know, moving you know, through grief and rising in grief in a way. And that's where, that's what you were doing. It was just so powerful. Do you remember that post? Oh, yes. Yeah. I 100% remember that post because that day I could just feel this like frequency within me that felt very familiar, but also very scary. And I realized that my whole life I had just bought into this idea of nice girl and girl, you know, you're nice and you're quiet and you're polite and you're kind. And SheQuest gave me the space to feel into my rage. And I found so much good stuff in there. It was, it was my darkest shit. So my best shit came from it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're just so, ah, you have beautiful words to just describe these experiences that are often, often like sometimes I've, a lot of what happens in SheQuest is almost there's, oh, I don't know, there's no words to it, you know? So I just love the way you're, you're able to like put words and that's because you're a writer that you're able to do that. Uh, because yes, like, you know, once we tap into 
what's angry and rage, we realize like, oh my God, it's so alive in there. It's full of possibilities, you know? It's like, and that's where, exactly where the release comes, you know, the release and the relief, you know? Yeah. And there's there's something really easy about life almost that comes, not not every day, but that comes to this inner knowing that's not a knowing, like a rational thing. It's really something we we know deep in our bones and in our hearts and in, you know, in our blood, you know, yes. yeah. oh, love talking with you so much. Um, <laughs> what tell us um, your favorite kind of your favorite tools for personal growth, something perhaps you do every day, but it, it doesn't have to be every day. So when I first started meditating, like I said, it was just about calming my nervous system. So I would use some of the apps that are available for just like some basic breath work and stuff like that. But over time, when I could feel that it was safer to go deeper, I really just began to connect to different parts of my body. And I feel like that is the most powerful practice. And I mean, as a yoga teacher, you know that our body holds on to stuff and stores stuff from not just this lifetime, but other lifetimes too. So every day I make a point to connect with whatever part of my body is telling me that it needs me. And that has been the most powerful practice because it's something that I can do anywhere. I could be standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and my husband doesn't know that I'm just like deep in connection with my womb right now because that's what we needed to do. So that is something that I do every day. And it's been so powerful for me to really be in my body because I had spent probably my entire life up until age almost 30 living entirely from the neck up. I was all in my head. I wasn't in my body at all. Like, I, I love you mentioned, you know, you, you can be anywhere and do it. Like, you don't have to be lying down. You don't have a, you don't need a special room or special clothes. You know, you can be right there in the midst of your toys and your babes and, yeah. and doing it, right? And and my kids love it. My, my kids can sense when I'm out of my body and when I'm in my body. And when I'm in my body, they're all over me and they want to play and we're connecting. And it's just because that's that's how we entered the world. We entered the world in our bodies and we have our bodies for a reason. And for so long, I saw mine as just like this thing that was carrying around my brain. And now I realize that there's a whole brain in my stomach and my womb has its own intelligence and my legs have their own intelligence. And mm-hmm. when I connect with that, I just discover things that no mind could come up with. Mm. Oh, so good. And would you say that some of your grounding techniques, like do you use writing to ground yourself or is it like, is it more, it comes through as like a inspiration or do you use writing that way or? My writing always comes to me post-practice, and I truly feel like it's because all of my practices are making the space for me to hear my my writing. Yeah. What I use for grounding is definitely different forms of breathwork, and I also use my voice. Uh, if any of the listeners are familiar with human design, I'm a manifesting generator, so I have a lot of energy in my throat, or if you're familiar with the chakra system, I have a lot of energy in, in my throat chakra. So for me, sometimes in order to ground, I just need to like make a lot of noise, and it sounds like the noises I was making when I was giving birth. Like They're just very like guttural, visceral, animalistic noises, but that just helps me ground and like get into the moment. Ah, that's so good. I love it. Yeah, like humming. And that's so, 
in line with our lioness roar like yeah I love love that you roar like before writing poetry because like poetry is just an extension of your roar you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah and is there other tools you would suggest you know women to feel empowered and embodied you've mentioned quite a bit but I don't know if there's any other thing yeah I think for women it's very important that we continue to like make our practice play because for a really long time I was approaching my meditation practice from this really rigid and it is a, a very masculine approach of sitting in stillness whereas the feminine is flow the, the feminine needs to move so I, I tell my meditation coaching clients like you don't need to sit still to to meditate the, the two are not married you you can be in movement and be meditative so I really encourage women to just move and move intuitively and make their practice play. So put on music you love, you know, maybe your practice is cooking and you're having fun when you're cooking and you're in your body. Anything becomes meditative as soon as we're doing it from within our body instead of within our mind. Good. Thank you for that. All right. So the last, I have quick little questions for you to answer. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite mantra? Yeah. It's uh, I can feel this and love myself anyway. And I have been saying that out loud and in my head since that night in January on my kitchen floor because things started coming up for me and it was really overwhelming. I was by myself. My whole family was asleep and those words just came to me. I can feel this and love myself anyway. I can feel this and love myself anyway. I'm writing it down. (laughs) So good. Uh, How about a favorite flower? Oh, a favorite flower. Lately, and this is new for us, lately I've been into flowers. This hasn't been something that I've ever been into. And um, I just went to a local nursery here in Moncton a couple weeks ago and picked up what they had on sale, which happened to be roses. But I find like, although I don't have a favorite flower, I'm learning to appreciate the flower because I'm connecting with it energetically, as weird as that sounds. Whereas before I would just look and be like, oh yeah, a flower, that's nice. But now I like connect with the frequency and these these roses have a very like feminine feel and it just helps me connect into that feminine vibe. So you would you say rose is your favorite flower? That's it this week, yep. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm the same, I'm like, yeah, this week is this one. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. How about a favorite book you've read? And maybe we can stay in line with our theme like, whether it be about, you know, women in power or uh, meditation or even journaling, because I'm, I'm guessing you do a lot of that. But. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I'm currently reading The Wild Woman's Way. Let me see if I can pull up the author. But this book offers so many accessible and tangible practices to get into that meditative feminine state. So the author talks a lot about like intuitive movement practices and connecting with the lower part of our body and feeling into the intelligence. So it's called The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Bohm, B-O-E-H-M. And she was actually trained uh, in the Tantra tradition. So she brings a lot of that experience into her book too. And I have just found the practices she's offered to be so easy to implement throughout my day and just keep me grounded into that feminine energy. 
Yeah, we'll have to put that book in the show notes for yeah, sure. Oh, so good. I want to check it out too. Um, do you listen to podcasts? Do you have a favorite podcast? I mean, besides SheQuest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to so many podcasts. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, the She Quest podcast, definitely up there in my top three. The one Yay! I've been <laughs> on lately the most is the, it's called So You Think You're Intuitive by Natalie Miles. Oh yeah. I've never heard of that one. Oh, she's great. She's, she's awesome. So she um, is an intuitive and her business, uh, you know, she offers readings and she's really into her psychic abilities and all of that stuff. But what I love about her podcast is she reminds us in every episode that everyone is intuitive. And her podcast really brings me back to that truth that there is a part of me that knows a lot more than my conscious mind does. And I think all women have this intuitive ability within them, men as well, but women especially, we're very connected to our intuition. And her podcast just allows me to explore that. Okay, I'll have to check that one too. How about just a favorite treat? Something you... Chocolate? Anything chocolate? (laughs) Um, If there isn't chocolate in the house, I find I feel a little... I need to know it's in the house. And once I put the kids in bed, so my son is almost three, my daughter's a year and a half. Once I put them in bed and the house is quiet and I'll, I'll either do like a movement practice or a breathwork practice, or I'll write a little bit. And then I go and get my chocolate and I just, and it's, it's so good. love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I have one last question for you, but before you do, I did want, like, I really love for all the listeners to start following you on Instagram because it's so good. And I just, I literally just pull up your Instagram and I just want to read, I think you posted this like yesterday. I'm just, I just want to read it because it's, your writing is so beautiful. Will you let me read it? Yes, of course. Go ahead. It says, measure your days by the time spent in your body. Shift your focus from productivity to presence. This will increase the quality of your creations, drastically reduce the amount of effort it takes to create them. Be present with your art and remember your life is your masterpiece. So good. Thank you so much for your gifts, your inner gifts. And I'm just... Ugh. How do you write that stuff? How do you do I it? don't know. I don't know. I tell people all the time it's not it's not my words. And you know, we're all here. I truly believe we're all here. We're all here telling the same story. We're singing the same song. We're painting the same picture. We're all talking about the same truth. We're just doing it in our own way through our unique lens. And that's what just makes it so beautiful. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before. I'm just saying it in my own way and your paintings are your your own expression and it I'm just so grateful for SheQuest because it not only allowed me to explore more of myself but it brings me into community with other women doing the same and it's that community that's going to support us. Thank you so much for sharing this because for me that was that's the key, right? We can do all this work, like we can meditate by ourselves, we can write by ourselves, we can dance by ourselves, but if it's not witnessed, then we can't move the needle forward, you know? Yes. It, if it's not witnessed, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was real for me. Like there was no tangible change until I found community, until I showed myself to the world and welcomed people in to that space. Yeah. And, and that too, you know, like just continuing on a thread that's been 
really voiced in this podcast is that like, let's say for you and I, you know, that means posting things every day, like on Instagram, because like, that's a way for us to like be witness, but like, you only need one person really, (laughs) you know, like I feel, you know, and, and that's why I wanted to create this group because it looks different. Like how you show up in the world, you know, looks different for everyone. Like, and, and that doesn't mean social media has to be involved, you know? Oh yeah. You're so right. So for anyone out there who's thinking like, oh, well, I have no desire to share on social media, then that's fine. You're right. You just need one person who's going to witness this evolution that you're going through. And that witness is what's going to make it real. It just grounds that change into reality so that you can start seeing your external world transform the same way your inner world has been transforming. Exactly. And because I, I just found myself, you know, I was like, there's no safe place for us to do this anywhere. Like, I want to make sure whoever witnessed me, like, is doing the work too, you know, is doing this with me, you know, is on the same vibe. Does that make sense? Yes. And favorite thing about SheQuest is that it's not on social media. You don't need social media to, to be a part of this. You've just created this little safe pocket, the safe cave where we can all come and like take off all the masks and be like, this is me. Look at me. Yes. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Okay. 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 I have one last question and it's a bit of a loaded one, but I have faith in you. You've been doing so well. Okay. It says, knowing what you know about the power of self-expression, meditation and writing, what do you wish women to know? about its magic. I want them to know that it's not the writing and it's not the meditation that's the magic. They are the magic. Like the magic Uh is in you. And all the other stuff that you do with your job, with your family, if you run a business or if you work for someone else, that's just all an extension of the magic that's within you. And nothing can take away that magic. We can cover it up. We can pretend it's not there. Trauma hides it, but it's always there and it's always waiting for you girl you're gonna rock that event tomorrow let me tell you (laughs) you were made for this stuff you just were made for it uh I just I love you so much I love your spirit I I love your gifts your your gifts to all of us thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing yourself so openly and vulnerably I uh, I just appreciate it so much I'm just ready to take on the world now. I'm fired up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for seeing me, like really seeing me. Thank you. Where can we find you? How can we support you? Well, I hang out on Instagram all the time. My handle is I am Devita. You can also find me on Facebook. And yeah, the reason I got on social media was to connect. I don't post up just to talk to nobody. So please, if you add me on Instagram, if you're already following me, slide into my DMs, say hi, tell me what's going on. I'm there to connect. Yeah, and we will. Thanks so much, girl. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.